Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. This happened about a month ago, and it still comes up in conversation because we just genuinely don't know what happened or was about to happen to us. I'm sharing this story to hear your thoughts and ideas. So, it was around 7pm in November. It was dark in Metro Detroit. I was driving and my fiancé was riding passenger. We were exiting a pretty popular highway when we turned onto a mile road near the city shopping mall and outlet centres. Being in close proximity to the mall, it was sort of strange the boulevard was that empty at that time of night. But we're driving on this deserted westbound side of the boulevard when we noticed that there was a, a stopped running vehicle in the middle lane. Again, it was dark aside from the street lights that line the road every 80 yards or so, but their brake lights were obviously lit and we approached quickly. My fiancé and I were talking in the car at the time when we both kind of stopped to verbally question what we were both seeing. It was strange behaviour, especially since the speed limit is like 45 to 50 here on this mile road. In other words, you don't want to be stopped, especially this close to people exiting the highway. So we sort of slowed down since we're sort of cautious drivers. We approached and passed the vehicle in the far left lane as it was in the middle and when we were about maybe a car length in front of it, the driver just gunned it and started speeding to catch up to us. We never left our left-hand lane, but at this point, I was braking because, again, the behavior was really off and we noticed that driving was sporadic. Braking was almost instinctual as much as it probably wasn't safe to do so, but continuing to drive down this mile road, still no traffic in either direction that we could see, we noticed that the driver was swerving their car between the middle lane and the left lane as if trying to intentionally sideswipe us. It was an instant red flag, obviously, but... It wasn't like the driver was intoxicated or texting and just doing a poor job to stay in their lane. This was a driver in control of their swerving and coming dangerously close to hitting the side of my jeep, going like 45, which was obviously really dangerous. 
and before we knew it, we were blinded by a spotlight coming from the driver's window into my car via the passenger window. I have 20 tints on my Jeep windows, which usually helps control the brightness of the sun most mornings and evenings too. But even with the tints, this spotlight stunned us and we couldn't see anything but white. I didn't have time to check my mirrors before slamming on my brakes. Not sure I would have been able to see in my mirrors after being blinded like that anyway. But I remember my fiancé screaming, what the heck? But we opened our eyes though and the driver was yards ahead of us now, speeding to get away. I had my fiancé dial 911 immediately. I don't take this sort of rubbish though, so I started racing down the road to catch up to him for a license plate number. In Michigan, we have Michigan left turn lanes, and I could see the vehicle up ahead turning into one to enter the mall parking lot, which is a huge roundabout. The roundabout speed limit is maybe about 25, with frequent stop signs and intersections. My fiancé connected with dispatch on the phone as I was trying to desperately catch up to this vehicle. They were blowing every red light and stop sign in sight. The dispatch recommended that we don't follow, but I kind of did anyways because I was really upset at this point and committed to grabbing their plate number, but from a safe distance and at a safe speed, obviously. No way was I going to tail this person when we didn't even know if they had a weapon or something. But, long story short, this driver knew that we were following them and they were speeding through the roundabout, cutting drivers off and blowing intersections when eventually we lost sight of them. At this point, the police said the cops in the area were already on their way looking for this vehicle that we described and that well, we should leave it to them. We were going to jeopardize our safety and the safety of other drivers just because I was annoyed, so we stopped our chase but still crossed an intersection into another shopping center across the street that we saw the driver enter. But we figured that we could prowl instead of chase, just in case we saw them again. But, unfortunately, we never found that car again never found out who the driver was, what his motive was, or if the cops found him. But we knew that it was a male driver because we saw him through his driver's side window before he blinded us. It was a white male, dark ball cap. He drove a dark sedan, looked like a newer Ford Fusion, I think. But it was definitely a close run-in, and I'm not sure what would have happened if he had successfully crashed into us on that deserted mile road or if his spotlight had successfully veered my car off the road. We don't think this was a case of road rage too, since we didn't do anything to provoke him. But whatever the case, I'm just glad that we got out of that situation safely. So this happened about four years ago. I was 20 at the time. The first time that I met the guy who would become my grocery store stalker, he was standing outside the store collecting money for the Salvation Army Christmas time donations. I'm a fairly friendly person, so I like to say hi to people who work at places I frequent, to be nice. This guy was a kid around my age, very tall with a mild resemblance to Lurch from the Adams family, dark circles under dark eyes, short black hair, kind of vacant looking in his eyes. But I chatted with him for maybe two minutes, just idle chit-chat about the weather and whatnot. Nothing particularly memorable or interesting, and I waved goodbye and went home. Little did I know, though, that that single moment would have me genuinely afraid. 
So about four or five months passed and I hadn't seen him again. Then one day as I was grocery shopping with a friend when as we were chatting she suddenly got really quiet and kind of recoiled backwards looking behind me. I turned around to see this guy who had to be at least 6'4", towering over me, not 8 inches from my body. He said hi and told me that he remembered me from that December that I had talked to him and then asked for my number. I, being young and never had experienced this type of interaction before, told him that I didn't have my number memorized but that I would write his down and text it to him later. I kind of half waved my phone at him, pointing out my at the time boyfriend whose picture was my wallpaper, making a point to say, oh look, that's my boyfriend, to the guy, hoping that he would clue in, but no luck. He told me his number, which immediately upon getting I blocked without letting him get my phone number. However, what really made my blood run cold was what he said after I put my phone away. You see, he leaned in real close and in a low voice he told me, whatever I text you is for your eyes only. At this point, I started feeling genuinely uncomfortable. I said, uh, yeah, sure, uh, nice talking to you, but we gotta get back to shopping. And I grabbed my friend and dragged her off, shooting a panicked look at her and asking why she didn't bail me out. Apparently, he scared her too with his getting so close to me and she didn't know what to do. I want to make it clear too that I'm not exactly a small girl. At 5'8 and pretty solidly built, I can certainly handle myself and I very rarely feel intimidated or small in the presence of anyone, male or female, but this guy, he made me feel tiny and scared. In the months that would follow, he would make me feel truly frightened though and I had hoped that the creepy interaction would be the last time that I saw him. But that was unfortunately not the case. After that initial meeting with him saying that creepy thing about his text being for my eyes only, it seemed like I would run into him almost every single time that I got to the store. And no matter what checkout lane I was in, he always seemed to appear at the end of it when I was finished shopping and every time I was in the store, I would notice him out of the corner of my eye, just watching me, no matter what area I was in. One time, I even caught him following me out to my car, and it was at that point that I got scared and decided to say something to the managers. After letting the managers know what was going on, they assured me that they would tell him not to talk to me. After that, he wouldn't speak to me, but... I would continue to see him following me around the store at a distance every time that I went up there. It got so bad and I felt so frightened that I started to be afraid to go to the store at all. But I'm one of those stubborn people who just refuses to be intimidated by someone to the point where I'll stop doing something. I had hoped that maybe it was just a coincidence that he was following me. After all, it was a big store and Maybe he just had things to do that just happened to be in the areas that I was shopping in. So I started to pay close attention to my surroundings. Once I started really paying attention too, I realized that every single time I was up there, I would constantly notice him in the areas of the store that I was in. During my last encounter with him, I went up to the store to grab just two or three items I needed for dinner that night. And I first saw him standing outside the store when I got there, and with his back to me, I quickly ran inside, hoping that he didn't see me. 
Unfortunately, a few minutes later, I saw him at the very back of the store and items in hand, I immediately made a beeline towards the front. As soon as I got near the checkout, I ducked behind one of the shelf displays and watched carefully at the front of the store to see if this guy would appear. And he did. I watched as he looked up and down the checkout, and when he didn't see me there, I saw him step outside. At this point, I quickly ran into the nearest open cashier, rang up my items, and stuck my head out the door to look for him. I didn't see him there immediately, so I started trying to make my way back to where I was parked. I had parked a ways away near the side of the store where a bunch of other smaller stores and restaurants were lined up, and I was walking towards my car when... I realized that I saw him standing by the entrance that I had first entered the store through and quickly ducked behind a pillar immediately, hoping that he didn't see me. I watched carefully from behind the pillar and as he scanned the parking lot, he obviously couldn't find me. After a minute or two, he started to walk out towards the direction of the parking lot in front of the store and so I took that opportunity to make a run for it to my car as soon as he was far enough away that I felt safe. Now, as soon as I got into my car, I locked all the doors, and to my horror, when I looked up, he was standing there about 15 feet away from my car with a shopping cart in front of him. I knew too that he had followed me, and he knew that I knew as well. I fully believed that he had chased after me, and when I made it to my car, he grabbed the nearest car to make it look like he was collecting them for the parking lot. And I just remember feeling absolutely terrified at that moment. I quickly went home and immediately told my grandfather what had happened. I began crying and shaking and my grandfather told me to get in the car. We were going to settle this. He and I drove up to the store in his car and he walked me into the store and demanded that we spoke with the managers immediately, both of them. When the managers arrived at customer service, he asked me to tell them what had been happening and demanded that they ensure he left me alone or he would involve the police. The managers swore up and down that they would take care of it. As far as I know, he wasn't fired immediately because my friend who first encountered him with me when this whole thing began told me that she would see him from time to time when she was there by herself, but that any time that I went with her that she would never see him. I fully believe that he knew whenever I was there, only this time instead of stalking me, he was avoiding me now. Eventually, everyone who knew the situation stopped seeing him there, so I think he may have gotten fired or maybe he moved on from that store. Either way, I haven't had any issues since, but I have never, ever in my life felt so afraid of another human being as... I did that day, seeing him eye contact with me in the parking lot as I was locking my car doors. It still really creeps me out too to think that he was watching me so closely every time that I entered that store and that he could so easily avoid or follow me whenever and wherever he wanted. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. 
With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. One day I was making a six hour drive. It was one that I had made several times as I was selling a house in another state, also while relocating. I was a female in my late 20s and was traveling with my puggle. He's a good dog and would try to protect me, but he just doesn't have the size to do much. So I had about two hours left of my drive and needed to get some gas or petrol. I pulled off the interstate to a small town with a gas station not far from the interstate. It was a very sunny day and I didn't even think about jumping out to pump my gas. After I started pumping, I realized that I'm like the only vehicle at this station. It was then too that I noticed two men standing around the front of the station and they start walking towards me in my vehicle. At first I think that they're just going to ask for money, but then I get this really creepy feeling with the way that they were looking at me. I start to panic and knowing that I probably can't get the hose out of my car and get back in before they're upon me. At that moment, a minivan pulls in with a mum and two large teenage boys. The boys hop out to go inside and as soon as they are seen, the men walk back to where they were standing. And now, I know that they didn't just want money. I get in my car and I call my then boyfriend, now husband, and tell him the story as I'm a bit shaken. He gets the location and quickly calls the local police and they know where this station is and said that they would go and check out the men. A little later they end up calling my boyfriend and tell him that they were thankful that he called as the men they had warrants out for their arrest and they had brought them in. I was 16 years old and huge into photography. I lived in a rural area and I liked to go out for hikes on Tuesdays after school to a local reservoir to take some pictures with an old SLR. I pretty much parked in the same spot every time too. This is because it was a great way to get to the main trail and I could also go either way. Usually I was by myself. It wasn't a hugely populated area and not many people were ever there too. The parking place was usually used for school buses to turn around pretty much and that was about it. But after a while of going there I started to see this little blue Toyota there. And there was some little old man in it but he didn't say anything or get out of his vehicle ever. He would just wave at me and I would politely wave back. But one day I was sitting in my back seat with the door open. I was prepping my film and getting the rolls I needed for the hike when suddenly... He was right next to me and before I could react, he put his arm around me and told me, I'm going to kiss you now. Man, I didn't know how to react so I just shoved him. He was an older man, maybe in his late 60s or so. He didn't fall but he definitely stumbled. And he told me that I should have expected it since I was coming up there teasing him all the time like that and said, I'll see you again soon, sweetie. I watched him drive off and promptly just broke down. Obviously, I cancelled my hike for the day and just sort of sat there for a while before going home. 
I didn't tell a single person about this experience until like a year ago. I'm not sure why this experience bothered me so much too, but still to this day, it just makes my skin crawl. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. All of this happened when I was a kid, about five or six years old. I was living in a sort of small two-bedroom apartment with my mom, dad, and my younger brother, our apartment was located in the first floor of a four-story apartment building and I was sleeping in a small bedroom with my brother who was three or four years old at the time. My parents' room was right next to ours. The living room was across the hallway and had a sort of small balcony which faced the courtyard of the building. It wasn't the best part of town by any means too but a pretty safe city where crimes very rarely ever took place. Still though, my parents were cautious and always closed and locked all of the doors. Now one night, and I still remember very vividly, I woke up because I heard somebody walking around. I saw a dark figure standing in the middle of my room all of a sudden, and at first I thought it was my mum taking my brother back to his bed as he still often went into their room when he had nightmares. But then I realised that my brother was sleeping safe and sound as... I could hear him breathing slowly and calmly. Also, the figure was bigger and wider than my mum by quite a lot. Since it was so dark in the room, I couldn't tell if it was a man or a woman. In fact, I wasn't even sure if it was a real person at all or just a shadow. In the past, I had often had trouble sleeping at night because I believed the shadows in my room were monsters staring at me. My mother always told me that if I closed my eyes, they couldn't hurt me so I just closed my eyes and tried to go back to sleep. After a little bit of time though, I want to say maybe a few minutes, but it might have been just a few seconds, I'm not really sure, but my brother woke up and started crying. He got up and ran into my parents' bedroom. I kept laying still in my bed, keeping my eyes closed so the shadows would go away, and the next thing I remember was waking up in the morning as if nothing had ever happened. Now, I know that you could easily brush this off as just a kid having a nightmare, but hear me out, because here's where things get a little creepy. 
So at breakfast, my brother couldn't stop talking about the men that he saw, the men who were watching us. My father told him to stop talking nonsense until I said that I saw a man too. Now my father got a bit angry, saying that if we kept talking about scary stories like this, we'd have trouble falling asleep at night. But my mum started freaking out a bit, because she said in the middle of the night, she too woke up to a strange noise. She looked up and saw a man standing in the doorway. When she reached over to get her glasses and take a better look at the guy, he was gone. But she also thought that it was just a shadow when a few moments later my brother came running into her room. Well, upon all of this, we immediately looked at all the doors and the windows. The main door was locked along with pretty much everything else. However, we discovered the balcony door was actually unlocked. My parents checked all of our belongings, every valuable item that we had, but nothing was missing. Everything was exactly the way that it was the evening before, but... We reported the incident to the police. They weren't able to find any signs of breaking or anything. No fingerprints and pretty much nothing. But my parents, they must have forgotten to lock the balcony door the night before. Needless to say, none of us slept well for the next couple of nights. Thankfully though, this was the only time that these men ever seemed to come to our house. But I think it's the fact that nothing was actually taken. has always made it feel even more creepier to me. I mean, with burglars at least, you know that they're after your stuff and not you, right? So first off, I just want to say that I don't really remember this story because, well, I was just a young kid when it happened, around four or five. But I do remember the nightmares and also my parents and I still talk about it. So, when I was just a kid, my parents moved into a larger house to start a family. I had an older sister who was around 17 at the time, along with my mom and dad, and there were four of us in total. My parents decided on a white farmhouse out in the country with an old decrepit barn and a few outbuildings on the large plot of land that we now owned. So, I remember having really bad night terrors about a tall man made of shadows at this place. One nightmare that I still remember vividly after 12 years too was that my room was actually on fire and I was sat in the corner of my bedroom crying as the tall shadow man stood over me and just watched me. Spooky, right? Well, my father used to work the midnight shift for a prison about 20 minutes away from our house. And one night, my mother woke up because she heard my dad come back home right after he left for work, so probably sometime after midnight, he apparently walked down the hallway towards my and my mother's room. Our rooms were right across from each other at the end of a long hallway. And then just stop outside of her open door. She claims that she called out to him, but he didn't respond. And that she couldn't see him despite having the door open and my nightlight shining from out of the room towards the hallway, that is. When my mum asked my dad about it the next day, he said that he never came back home that night. My mother also claims that she had heard footsteps when nobody else was home. She was a stay-at-home mother and my sister and I went to school. And that she felt the bed move after dad left for work one time. Now, I've had a lot of vivid nightmares at that house, but I don't remember a lot of them and they sort of stopped happening as I got older too. 
My dad still feels bad about not being able to protect us from the evil ghosts and tells me that he used to walk into my room and start pleading with an unseen force to leave his family alone. But as surprising as it may seem, I sort of loved living in that house though, and I was sad when we had to move away. Looking back, a lot of weird things happened in that house, but I never really cared and was more interested in playing with my little sister all the time. I had a lot of nightmares, deja vu, along with both of my parents. I've never asked my older sister about it, but you know, after sharing this, maybe I should. I don't know. Either way, it's an old story and it's from a long time ago, so thanks for listening. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It was 1994 and I was a freshman in high school. My family had just relocated to Michigan and we moved into a private golf course in a small town outside of Detroit. But for some reason too, I really, really wanted to get a job at the time and the restaurant in the neighborhood clubhouse was hiring dishwashers. Since it was pretty much a stone throw away from our house, my parents okayed me to be able to work in the later evenings after school. So a little bit about teenager me. I was a super sensitive kid and my feelings were easily hurt if I was talked down to. I was also a rule follower and extremely submissive to authority figures, which apparently made me an easy kid to raise, according to my parents. But anyway, given that this was my first job ever, while having no confidence and paper-thin skin as well, I was destined not to last very long under the high pressure of the restaurant industry. I was doomed to fail, in other words, but I still went for it. And sure enough, the chaotic pace of working in a high-end kitchen quickly overwhelmed me and I found myself having a hard time keeping up. On top of that, my boss was an absolute tyrant. I basically felt habitually crushed as he'd scream at me to keep up during the dinner rush. I was as much of a mess on the inside as the mess I was trying to clean up. But the worst part about it was that after the restaurant would close, I would have to stay for like an hour or so alone with him to close up nobody around, just me and him. During this time, he would continue to yell at me and, at best, roll his eyes if I needed help. Even as sensitive as I was, I kind of knew that his rage wasn't a, a personal thing, though. He was just a, a really disturbed individual by the looks of things. One night that I had off, I also caught an episode of the TV show America's Most Wanted. I don't know if it's still on, but Basically, they would do these segments, with extremely poor reenactments, mind you, of criminals that were on the run from the FBI. Sometimes they'd have real photos of the fugitives, but other times they would just have police sketches instead. During one of the segments, a sketch came up of a subject that eerily looked similar to my boss. They said that he had murdered several victims on the West Coast, and that's where he was last seen a while back. They also identified him with a different name, which kind of put me at ease for a moment, but the drawing looked a lot like him. 
and their description of his height, weight, and other attributes fit him to a T. Well, I convinced myself that it must have just been a lookalike, but I just had that weird twisting and turning in my gut that maybe, maybe it was actually him. I mean, I was about to quit anyway, so it didn't really matter, I guessed, but the next day I went into work and he was a no-show. In fact, he ended up leaving town and no one ever heard from him again. In fact, he pretty much vanished like a David Copperfield magic trick. We didn't have internet at the time too, so there wasn't the opportunity to like immediately jump on social media to investigate. I don't remember reading anything in the newspaper, but the rumor of his disappearance definitely went around town. Unfortunately, or who knows, maybe fortunately, I also don't remember anything else about him. I can't recall his name or really even his face these days, just the creepy and really odd experience. I mean, who knows if it actually was him or not, but to think that I may have been alone with an angry murderer as a teenager is a tad bit uneasy, to say the least. Anyway, if it was him, I'm very thankful that I got out of that one unscathed. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish, or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.